Hello, and welcome to the Four Cornered Room. It's me, your friend, Cody Clark here, with my two pals, Moxie O'Brien and Ian Compton. Hey. Is that, is that a Fonz thing you're doing? Uh, no, it's actually my dad's best friend, John Minto. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I noticed that's a thing, and I wasn't sure if it was a Fonz thing. Yeah, he, if, you, if you were talking, you were he'd be like, days guy. Uh, if I was going to do John Minto right now, I'd be like, Moxie. Hey, I like that. Hey, actually, I'm I'm real into that. How you do? How you do? How you do? He uh, he actually he's a, he's a real interesting guy. He um he got hit by a truck like on a motorcycle back in the day, and half his brain. Like, that's why he talks the way he does. But he's like, like he's oh, like, so we're like making fun. No, not no, at all. No, 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 no not at all. He's it's John an affection. Minto. It's an affectionate. Oh, okay. okay. No, yeah. I love okay. John Minto. Okay. Yeah. I love John. Miss his mom babysat my sister. Sure. No, 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 no love no. John Minto, but like he just has that. Well, he. Yeah, he, he like he, he likes boxer? the good grass. I feel like that name is really Brian Minto is his um cousin. Okay, and that's the right. heavyweight. Okay, okay. Champ from I Butler knew County. I recognized the last name from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. Absolutely all. nothing. I was, just, I was just fucking curious. Hey, but shout out to John Minto. I do love that yeah, guy. Buddy. No, shout yeah, out, shout out to John. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good, good. Lindor. Nice. <laughs> I also feel like it's good to like bring you in sometimes because sometimes I feel like the political content pushes you outwards a bit so it's good to hey what was that thing <laughs> you know, oh oh yeah, yeah well you know i remember i remember waking up one morning and just seeing john Minto doing willies on the dirt bike you know See? It's like, and now he's engaged <laughs> i'm engaged i'm and here that's that's, that's <laughs> haha that's a teaching moment everybody got him um, i actually wanted to be a college professor but uh i do drugs and i've been to prison so i can't do that and i do this instead <laughs> Very uh, nice. So today, boys and girls, we're going to be learning about uh, <laughs> so many people I know were almost teachers. Like I was almost a teacher. It's Our boss crazy was almost a teacher. how easy it is to never be able to teach. Like I got my associates, it's, and that was I forced myself to finish that far. Like the number of people I knew in college who ended up not being able to become teachers because they got like underage drinking charges, compared to the number of teachers I know with serious drinking problems, is just <laughs> really, really funny to me. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about the Mulford Act and uh, sort of how gun rights and black rights intersect in this country because it's very, very fascinating. Mm. Um, a note about that real quick. I think it's actually part of my notes for another episode, but this is very, very similar to another episode that I'm going to be doing later. Uh, I learned in doing all of the research for this stuff that it, like just how uh intertwined like gun rights and black like black rights and black solidarity really are like not just in America but like worldwide so the first gun control laws like ever were instated by the catholic church and it was that like non-catholics could own guns mm. uh and they sounds like a catholic well, I think that that, that depends because like there's there's radical Catholics throughout history too. Like I don't want to be one of those okay. lefty okay. podcasts that only bashes Catholics. 
I, I am Irish after all, and so are you. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I, I do believe they should still be disbanded. I mean, that's fair. I'm not a just huge. Me. I'm not a huge fan of the Catholic Church. I don't want to make it sound like that. I'm just saying. Oh, not no. all of them are terrible people. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay. Uh, the guy who introduced me to socialism was actually a Catholic priest, so I, I give them some credit. Broken clock can be right. You exactly. Know, at least twice they, a day. They, they've done a lot of terrible things at the same time. If it weren't for a Catholic priest, you wouldn't have me. <laughs> Interesting that, timelines we live in. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so. Gun control uh, started out with the Catholic Church not allowing non-Catholics to have guns, and it wasn't until the Protestant Reformation that non-Catholics were able to make, own, and like uh, like buy and manufacture guns of their own, and that's where the flintlock rifle came from, which they could use in tropical climates, which meant that they could take rifles to Western Africa, and there is literally like a direct correlation between the exportation of gunpowder and the beginning of African chattel slavery. Like, because as it turns out, without guns, you can't make people do that. Um, Damn. Huh. Yeah. And No wonder America loves guns so much. Well, and up until, fuck, it's very muddy in the research that I did. Like, black people in this country, even freed slaves or non-slaves, weren't allowed to own guns legally in this country until, like, the 1920s or something like that. Because as it turns out, you can't hey. oppress people and then arm them. Uh, hey, we need you to fight in this big world them. war. Well, and that's really what muddied it, is that you'd give them guns and send them to go fight people, and then yep. they'd come home and you'd tell them that they had to get their, take guns their guns up, back. and you just trained them how to fight wars. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very difficult to oppress people after you make them soldiers. It's a... A weird and unfortunate byproduct. Of I know the you don't. I know you're not a big fan of Blazing Saddles, but I'm just thinking you're of right, it. But I'm just thinking really of, not a big fan. I'm thinking of the scene where they fall into this oh, quicksand. Oh, we're going to talk about a scene from the movie where everything is racist. Go on. No, but where where <laughs> he picks up the shovel and the guy's like, "Don't do it, Bart," and he's like, "I got to," and he just hits him right in the back of the head, and that's just what I was thinking of. Like, it's been I got so long to. since I've seen that movie that I don't remember that. No, scene, that's that's why he gets arrested. Joking. That's why he gets oh, arrested. Oh, really? His okay. friend's like, yeah. "Go, Bart." He's like, "I got to." And he just. It's right in the back I'm of the sure head. there's people listening who want to make an argument that that movie was making a positive commentary about race, but I'm not one of them. I just no. feel like it was a white dude making racist jokes for two hours because that's who wrote it. But, you I, know, whatever. Well, that's wasn't also he, what was, a lot of art is. Wasn't he Jewish? Yeah. I think that's just the, the gimmick that he's used to for, you know. I think that if their, we get into territory of making apologies for racism based on the time or what the social norms are, mm-hmm. we start to look we, at we most things as being permissible based on the time period. When in reality, even whenever that shit was like institutional to the point of being normalized, there were plenty of people who knew it was wrong and weren't doing it. Right. So like it's like it, I enjoyed Young Frankenstein, but fuck Mel Brooks. And I, and, I, yeah, and, I, and I hate to see it becoming a bit of me bringing up uh, things that I, I shouldn't be bringing up. But I, I, we, 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 uh, <laughs> here's another one. Come but on. but <laughs> what we're learning here is that we're learning. Well, yeah. And like I said, uh, you know, we had an interesting it's a beautiful conversation thing. off mic about uh, art and artists mm-hmm. and some of my opinions on that subject. And I just. Uh, I think the conclusion that I come to personally is that you cannot separate the art from the artist because the artist is where the art came from. The man, and their yeah, yeah. Yeah. You and who they are informs what they make. It doesn't mean you can't appreciate things for being good because they were made by shitty people because the reality is we've spent most of human society living in a white patriarchal system 
and that's where everything came from. So the genesis of most things is dog shit. It doesn't mean that they can't be good. I guess. Yeah, I know. What you Amen. Mean. And and going back to the the bark going, I got to, but just I got us off track so hard. Getting back to what you're talking oh, about. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about the Mulford Act. Yes, That's yes, good, yes. Sorry, good like, save. No, you're good, bud. You're good. I brought you in. <laughs> <laughs> talking about arming um, people. Absolutely. What will so happen? We were, we were talking about how. Thank you, because you just reminded me what I was saying. Uh, how gun rights directly related to chattel slavery, and how black people were not really allowed to own guns for a very long time in this country, and that sort of. Um, there's a muddy period where guns were not legally allowed to be owned by black people, but because of the black codes, a lot of white people were buying guns and giving them to black people. Uh, and black people were sort of like, quote unquote, illegally arming themselves because, you know, there were people trying to kill you and you needed a gun. Um, it just seems that uh, whenever a market arises in uh, the free capitalist system that we live in, well, someone's going to supply something to someone. Fear sells things. Quicker than most, yeah. And I this as a yeah. person who's a, who is a gun owner. Like, I own guns because I think that there's people I should be worried about. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's plain and simple. Then if you go in any gun store in the country right now, they'll tell you, like, the last year and a half to four years has been great for business because mm -hmm. everyone feels that way right now. Uh, so there was a period of time where, like I said, guns weren't really legally able to be owned by black people, but they were arming themselves anyway. And of course there was like a lot of militia activity post, uh, civil war where, uh, governors in the federal government were using the black, Pan not the black Panthers, using, uh, black militias, like mm -hmm. former, uh, war veterans to stamp out like former Confederate soldiers and the Klan and things like that. Uh, but then guns were again sort of put on the back burner with, I believe it was the Militia Act, and um, it again became sort of a, a difficult thing for the average black person to get a gun until, like, after World War II. Again, mm -hmm. like we send you to war, yep. you come home, and you want to keep your guns. And that was, like, during Jim Crow. So a lot of guys who fought for the country came home to, like, serious oppression uh, in, in, in situations where you're thinking like, I'm a vet, I should be celebrated probably. Uh, but you're still a third class citizen. Uh, and there was like, I think that's where the, uh, genesis of like radical black gun rights sort of came from with a cat named, mm -hmm. I'll give you a name here in one second because I know it's in my notes, but I had my notes, uh, bookmarked in the wrong place because I got ahead of myself. Um, at any rate, there was a cat who came home from World War II and was like very, very radically pro-gun rights, and uh, I believe he was a communist. Um, he was sort of what influenced the Panthers, which is what I was getting to. Uh, oh, okay, there okay. Was, yeah, all of that <laughs> was to get to the fucking Black Panthers. Uh, essentially... Uh, to, to, we're going to do a whole unit on the Panthers, so I don't want to like get in the weeds of explaining what they were and what they did. Just suffice to say that they were very... like They started out as the Black Panthers' uh, self-defense, uh, for self-defense. Yes. So it was very much about the answer to Community oppression defense. is arming yourself yeah. and be aware of your rights. Like They did things like... Um, 
they'd show up where people were being arrested and read law books to tell people what they were and were what couldn't couldn't do what they didn't didn't have to do be aware of your rights that sort of thing and again we're all about having guns to keep themselves protected and in a show of force and intent they marched on the capitol in california in uh, on may 2nd 1967 and um that scared the living shit out of people cuz nothing scares white polite society more than angry black people with guns speaking from experience yeah not not much <laughs> So, and this is sort of why this is interesting to me, is that as a direct result of this, the NRA helped the government draft up, like, our first, like, national gun leg- gun control legislation, as we would understand gun control legislation now. Um, and it's it's even stranger, because up until this point, they had sort of been an organization that was associated with several like radical white supremacist and nationalist organizations. Like um, they had, they had a magazine or a publication called the American rifleman. And right before this, uh, right before the March, they had done an article called uh, who guards America's homes, which was seen by many people as a rallying cry for American extremist groups, like the Minutemen, which is sort of a precursor to things like the oath keepers and things you see now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think you find when you study the history of like the American militia movement, that these people have kind of always been here, uh, because we had a militia, we had militias before we had an army. So like the concept of just American citizens America is militias. arming themselves, like we are, I don't want to sound cliche, but we are a country founded on gun rights and solidarity based around arming yourselves. Yeah. yeah, that's it's, probably the most American thing of us. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, if you think about things that are quintessentially American, this country it has more to do with guns than anywhere else in the world. I think. Right. I mean, so it's ever since the Civil War, the NRA was basically being brewed up. Well, it was founded after that, right? Yeah, it, a few months after the Civil War began in 1861. To teach a, vets how a, to shoot. Yeah, right? a National Rifle Association was proposed by Americans in England. Now, I had always heard that the same people who founded the Klan founded the NRA, but I don't know if that's true or not. I I don't know if there's there's any truth to that, but I had always been told that several of the same people who founded the Klan founded the NRA. I mean, to be perfectly blunt, I see the relationship, but... uh, (laughs) I guess if anyone has any... uh, any thing yeah, with that e- give us an email us. the four cornered room at gmail yep. right cody mm-hmm. the four cornered room no caps spaces or anything no caps, uh, at no gmail.com uh, if you know anything no send it to us no cap <laughs> <laughs> when you <laughs> Uh, but they were not just tied to the Minutemen, the NRA. I mean uh, yeah there were members that were linked to like the christian the the christian identity movement uh the christian front and the german bund which are wow. like if you study like right the history of like right wing extremism in America, like the Christian Front and the Christian Identity Movement have had more to do with like where we are now in terms of militant right wing extremist groups than almost anyone else. I always it's go funny back cause... to the Crusades, but well, I mean that's <laughs> sort of. I it's see, always I been see violent. Point. I see <laughs> the point you're making. As far it's funny as far as the uh, Wikipedia says that the NRA was a, a nonpartisan group until the 70s. Oh really? Specifically, I mean I know that that's whenever they started really hammering because we're going to get to that that yeah. 
there's sort of an interesting grift in how the NRA helped build the gun legislation that is now like their primary lobbying point. Right. Like all of the money they take in for lobbying is to fight these gun laws that they helped make. And yeah, 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 it yeah. all just goes back to we don't want black people to have guns. Like now it is their primary platform and most people would recognize the NRA as like an almost libertarian organization that's very much about you know, gun solidarity, gun rights. The government shouldn't be able to tell you how and how many guns you can have. Right. Fuck the background checks and all that stuff. What this episode is about is how they made all that shit. <laughs> like, very, very specifically. Uh, after being uh, a gun solidarity organization and tied to white American militia groups and extremist organizations at the sight of black people near a political building with rifles, they immediately sat down with the government and said, we need to do something about this. Mm -hmm. uh, so in uh, to take it back a few years in 1951, there were a lot of growing concerns about um, armed white suburban patrols, uh, which were being formed by the police. Actually, uh, this is, Something you see a lot with cops, that there is a, 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 Jeff, a definite through line between the police and civilian militias. I, I don't know if anybody watched footage of, like, the Capitol riots and noticed oh, a lot Oh, yeah. Of a lot of that came out yesterday. Ineffective. I didn't watch it. I got to honest. watch some of it. You I got to see Mitt Romney run for his goddamn life. Some of that would have been satisfying. Except like, that it was a black officer that had to be well, like, see, hey, you need to turn I'm around. I, I heard that yeah. they, they gave him like a Congressional Medal of Honor. He has a, He's like Biden's security detail now. I, I he, am so he got bumped up. on how to feel about that. He did his job. That's all I got to say. He did. And, and he did it well and he didn't die. And that's as, honestly, as, as a black person, I'm happy he didn't die. people in this country, he helped white people when he didn't have to fix a problem that was largely their fault. And um, I respect to the dude for putting his life in danger to help other people. Uh, Different strokes, man. That's the best thing I can say about that. Yeah. Is being as nonpartisan uh, about it as you can. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm being as nice as is possible for me to be about someone wearing a badge. <laughs> yeah, that's literally, I'm surprised. I mean, we all know that it's ACAB, but like. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 um. It's been very interesting to see the fallout with the police and that shit. Like, didn't several of them commit suicide? Two. Two people committed suicide after it. Yeah, I heard that. A man lost yeah. three fingers. Doing what? He, he, I'm not sure what happened. He might have been uh, trampled or pinched between something. Someone died from being pumbled with a, uh, I saw that the American with a, flag. Uh, with a, oh, I thought it was a fire extinguisher. I uh, thought somebody uh, got beaten. That too. Fire yeah, but, but so I'm pretty sure the damn, like, someone was hitting someone with an American flag on a pole. Okay. And I think it so it was like life-sustaining I don't want to diverge injuries. too far because I do have a lot of things to say. But yeah, I just, sorry. I just, no, you're good. I, I just, one more note about that is that I think it'll be interesting moving forward to see all of these people who for such a long time thought that the pigs were their friends realizing that just because you're white doesn't mean you're also part of the state. Like there are various levels of oppression in our society and not to say that that's not an oppressive class of people they are but for a long time i think they harbored under the delusion that at the end of the day the state would protect them 
and that's not how it works. Like you're still just you're you're still just the proletariat. You're not you the the police aren't there to protect you. They're there to protect property and and moneyed interests. And most of you were unemployed. So at the end of the day, when someone gets attacked, it's going to be you. And it's going to be interesting to see how the United States handles right-wing anarchism. Yeah, that's going to be hard to Well, we spin. haven't really had that here for the most part. Like, I mean, there's been You've had terrorists. I guess, yes, but... But not just full-on like, uh, anarchy. Uh, did you see that there's now conversation about splitting the Republican Party? There's... Uh, there was 178 Republicans who had a meeting over Zoom about withdrawing from the Republican Party and forming a center-right party. Wow. Like a well, conservative center-right party. And it's it's weird. It's not the extreme right. It's the center-right people Centrists. who feel underrepresented in the current Republican climate by how no one is taking Trump to task. So it would be interesting to see if we ended wow. up with a third party. You're going to be, be really mad about this. I'm going to just right before we get any mm -hmm. farther. Yeah. Dick Cheney's daughter is fighting Trump. What? Yeah. Liz Cheney. Liz che oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget She's that's under. Daughter. Yeah, I know. I did I too until I read that up recently. I was like, are you serious? Wyoming royalty. That I explains why Dick's now vocal about it because he didn't say anything for the longest time. Well, they basically the whole Republican Party wanted to like Silence like, her. They wanted to kick her out, I saw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is she the majority leader? I don't know. Okay. But anyway. Let's get back um, to it. Um, yeah, there's plenty to talk about there. We could do that as another episode, probably. Another political analysis. Whole big thing, thing like we yeah. Last week, but. So we were talking about uh, firearms and gun control. Yes, we were talking about how um, in 1951 there was an issue with the police forming armed militias in the suburbs. Yes. And... Um, Fuck, I totally just lost my train of thought. I apologize. All these militias were forming. Yeah, so. there was tons of militias forming. And this is a, another example from of police like, unions. Um, to, to shout out another podcast that'll be on our general network of podcasts in the future. Uh, Ronald Reagan oh, yeah. was largely in support of this and then flipped like a lot of white people in the establishment to being very pro-gun control along with the Christian right. Of course. Uh, whenever the question of, like, is this something that everybody should have? I think that it's important to note that the history of this country is that rights are not for everybody. And I exactly. think it was assumed for a really long time that everybody knew that. I think the problem is now, like, with Twitter and things like that, more people have a platform to address that fact as opposed to just letting it continue to be the status quo. There's but, more of a reckoning now, it seems. Yeah, I think so. And Good, but yes. the history of the United States is not everybody has rights. It has been the incremental granting of a little bit at a time yeah, it's been, to everyone but rich white landowners. It's been squeezing oil from rocks. Literally, it's been a long, big cases. squeeze. Yeah, just a big, long squeeze. Uh, so as a, as a result of mounting fear over these militia groups forming, uh, they passed the Gun Control Act of 1968, uh, which regulated interstate firearms, commerce. It also introduced background checks and a list of prohibited individuals. And I wanted that's what I wanted to touch on. So how oh, do you make boy. a law racist without coming out and saying we don't want black people to have guns? You say prohibited 
persons. Prohibited in, prohibited individuals. Yes. And this also ties into something we're going to be doing in another unit here very soon about the prison industrial complex that I'm sure a lot of you are super hyped to hear hear about. I've got so many fucking pages of notes. Oh, about that oh boy. Uh, but as we said, it introduced uh, a list of prohibited individuals from owning firearms. So here's that list. And it's uh it's nine items with some one A's and one B's under them. Yep. Uh, so the prohibited indiv- in- prohibited that's a fucking hard word to say fast. Prohibited individuals uh, included anyone under indictment of a c- uh, of or convicted of a felony or a fugitive from justice. Um. Also, unlawful users of any controlled substances, mm. and that was amended to include anyone with a medical marijuana card in 2011. So, like, that was, I actually didn't know that myself, because I've heard it explained both ways, by law enforcement, as a matter of fact. Uh, like, when I got my gun permit, I specifically said, so if you have a weed permit, can you get a gun permit? And it was explained to yeah. me by the cops in the courthouse that, well... We assume that an unregulated drug user would be someone who doesn't have a card. When in reality, the language determined by the ATF in 2011 was that having a weed card is evidence that you are a person who consumes an uncontrolled substance. Mm. That's that whole federal versus state legal bullshit now, that you gotta. How's it work? Can you have that is gu- guns and get a medical card? No. Hmm. That's not technically. Because I I've heard some people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's probably it, okay it, to do till someone checks you on it. It's okay. like a chicken before the egg thing. Okay. Like I'm sure if uh, it's that the kind of circumstance change. where if like you have a weed card and you're a licensed gun owner and your house gets raided, okay. then you have guns and drugs in the same place and you're going to federal prison for a very long time. Oh my God. But you can probably get away with having both permits without yeah. anybody dinging you on a list. I just know someone who has both permits. I'm sure we all do. A few people. Very close. Yeah. I'm sure we all do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but go on, Moxie. We digress. Yeah, buddy. Um, so we, we talked about unlawful users. Uh, anyone adjudicated as mentally defective or uh, who had been committed. And okay, so this is another one of those things that sounds great on paper, right? It sounds great that anybody who is committed even once mentally defective or committed, yes, even once. We assume that's great. We also have to take into consideration that the Gun Control Act was passed in 1968, and you were considered mentally defective if you were homosexual until the 1980s. Bingo. So, again, it's just another way to inflict uh, oppression on marginalized people under the guise of safety. Like, this is why I think in leftist and liberal circles, the gun control conversation is so difficult to have. Because you you want to hear safety in law, but you need to understand that laws do not exist to keep you safe. So it's True. it's it's I don't know. I'm I guess I'm a gun nut. I don't know. I'm I, it's I, I'm probably one of those people in the opinions of most people. I just think that you shouldn't trust the people who've been proactively attempting to exterminate you for well over a century to tell you how you should and shouldn't protect yourself from them. Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> wild how the vernacular of that time period being applied to that time period is just so obviously racist. Yeah, and, and when we try to at the time, yeah, but when we try to like 
backtrack and say these things that are still in place, you know, we're going to still buy I mean, by them. We had problems with the uh, the Voting Rights Act, the Indigenous Voting Rights Act, because right. that on its face was named something that we would consider offensive. Yeah. And, and then there's just still people that are indigenous that will accept that term. And I... Well, what you're, I, what you're comfortable with wild. is your yeah, choice. That's exactly your, it. Your, etymolo- your etymology is your decision, but I'm not going to... Yeah. You know what I mean. But to your point, that's just an example of like legal document. I mean, we still have the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Uh, yeah. That's another story for another day, though. Uh, so number five on this list, to get back to this list of prohibited individuals, was illegal aliens. And I'm not comfortable with that language either, but that is the language in the law. And that is, to me, like, when you think about how flexible American borders were when, like, white folks wanted to move, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, how did you appropriate land? Well, you showed up with guns and said, this is our land. So then how do you, especially when we're talking about, like, Latin people in some cases who've been here for hundreds of years longer than you, say you don't get to go own a gun on this land that I own that was yours at one point. I just, I, I don't, um, I feel like if you start looking at everything on this list, it doesn't look like safety to me. It looks like formulated legal oppression Yeah. under the exactly, guise yeah. of, no, we understand you're afraid of criminals. And even that, to me, is a problem, because what the average person's idea of a criminal is, is oppressed people. <laughs> you know, like, it all it all really ties together. Um, number six on the list is dishonorable, a dishonorable discharge from the military. Yes. Uh, renouncing your citizenship, and that one's a problem for me, because I've toyed with the idea of doing that for years. The only reason Yeah, you I, still gotta pay to get out, though. It's $3,000. Yeah, it's, it's fucking a, ridiculous. It's like, it's like a $3,000 fee to renounce your American citizenship, and you're immediately not allowed to own firearms. So, wow. that's, if you, if you want to know why I haven't done that, the righties who keep asking me why I don't just leave if I hate it here so much, it's super expensive and I wouldn't be allowed to own guns. Yeah, they're basically asking you to fucking, you know, walk out with your pants down. Yes. Uh, number seven on the list is uh, subject to court order for harassment or stalking. And I don't really have a broad issue with that, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I think that that's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's a pretty fair thing right there. Yeah, I would say so for the most part. Credible and, threat to um, physical safety is, is children, you know. Yeah, that's that's, important. that's kind of the only only one on the list that I can't see as being misconstrued, but I'm sure if I thought about it long enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around the peanut gallery. Everyone's nodding their heads. I think, yeah, I think we're, agree all, we're all good with not letting yeah. stalkers nice have nods. guns. Yeah, it's yeah. probably the other way around. It's probably so women couldn't kill husbands. Or something along those I lines. I just realized that's what it is. I mean... It just seems to be that if you if you really examine the way these laws are put together, it's very clearly like we as white dudes want to make sure we have an argument in every situation that anyone not us shouldn't be able to have guns because it makes it more difficult for us to do what we do. Got to have an out. People have guns. (laughs) Got to have an out. Exactly. Uh, And uh, if we can cut ahead a little bit. Uh, another example of gun legislation, uh, this is just another law that's 
on the books, uh, the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act of 93. And that's what created the National oh Instant Criminal Background Check System. I love this system because I have security clearances, so like my background checks take like no time at all. Which fucks with it, every single store clerk you go. It freaks out yep. so badly. I love it. <laughs> I mean, a background check just makes fucking sense. I See, I, that's, the, that's where I disagree with you, though, because whenever you think about the laws we have in place to prevent people from owning firearms, they attack criminals, right? What you would felons. consider to be fe- felons, right? Who are most felons? Yeah. And why? Yeah. yeah. Drug if, users, right. mostly. Yeah. African American men between the ages of 18 and 35 arrested for nonviolent crimes. Probably. Especially uh, because of like three strikes laws and things yeah. like See, that. But like, what, I guess when I say background check. And weed mostly, too. I mean, I'm not going to speculate on that. It could be fucking traffic violations. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I true. just know that the justice system disproportionately attacks people of color, and then you have gun laws that are preventative to people who've been in the justice system. L- let me rephrase and that. And I'm I... saying this is a person who's been arrested like six times. Well, you know? <laughs> I, let me rephrase that. I think there should be background checks in the sense of there should be mental evaluations for some people. I don't disagree with that, but, but refer I, to my but earlier I... point about who is prevented from owning guns in some yes. of those cases. Like The, the problem yeah. you get into with legislating things in America is that the system that you're trying to fix things in is broken in and of itself and in order for your new legislation to make sense everything else has to work yeah like yes mental health checks are great if the mental health system works yeah yeah people you know what i mean and it doesn't so it's difficult for me to say well you should have to take some sort of an evaluation understanding that that's going to be an evaluation determined by the federal government true <laughs> which true. is a problem and probably not mental health uh, uh, professionals at that I, so it's it's i don't know no that I makes know, sense man. i often look at political things in a perfect world scenario and i have to remember that we live with the federal us federal government that's a very difficult um, and it's fuck. interesting to me that you brought that up because as like a progressive socialist i have two opinions on everything like Uh, i have the way it would be in my ideal world where if i had all of my druthers we would do this Mm. but i know we can't because you can't do that in the system in which we live so a lot of the things that i end up coming to as conclusions are related to this is the system in which I live, and this is what I have to work with. Like, do I believe, ideally, no one needs guns? It'd be great if I thought we could live in a society where I didn't need to have a Texas baker's dozen of firearms in my house to feel safe at night. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be uh, utopia. (laughs) But we don't. I wish you just had those for funsies. Yeah, I mean, sports shooting's great, too. Don't get me wrong. No, yeah, Uh, but, but, but we know why you have them. Exactly, and... It would be great if that wasn't the reality, but it is. Yeah. So, I mean, hope for a better tomorrow, but live in the world that you're in. Yeah, is... that, that hope is what keeps you from fucking going insane now. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's necessary to be hopeful, but it's yes. also necessary to be realistic about your options. And do I wish we lived in a society without money where things were yeah. predominantly agrarian and we had a trade and barter system? And we abolished classes and all of those things. Absolutely. Do I ever think that's going to happen in this country? Fuck no. So I have to work, politically speaking, with what you gave me. And that means that I'm an angry black man with guns. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, um, if, you, if you're going to be just a, you know, an oppressive force, I guess, yeah, expect the outcome. Yes. That people are going to be radicalized, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to think someday I'd be able to just sell those off and be a regular old guy who, like, lives in the woods and doesn't talk to anybody. But for the time being, I live in southwestern Pennsylvania, and there's probably Klansmen living, out, living on my streets, so... It yeah. is what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the point of yeah. all those gun laws that uh, that I was bringing up there, the the Bradley Act, et cetera, et cetera, was to say that the, all of those were supported by the NRA, and uh, they helped actually draft the legislation, and they've spent millions lobbying against them ever since. Uh, the NRA's f- vice president, Franklin Orth, uh, once said that the measure, uh, the measure as a whole, it was he was basically saying that overall these laws don't affect sportsmen and white gun owners, so white gun owners are totally fine with the new gun legislation, mm. which is exactly the point that I was making by reading through all of those that they don't affect most of the people who, <laughs> who you need to worry about. Uh, I often wonder what the connection is between like the military and groups like Elohim City because you've have you've got a guy you've got to have like tons of invisible citizens living in places like that. Do you both know what I mean by invisible citizens? Uh, kind of, but not like the specific city. Okay, that you so up. well, Elohim yeah. City is is uh it's in Oklahoma City. It's sort of like ah uh, yes, I know what you mean. Righty, uh, a lot of Mormons. Well, it's it's a lot of um, sovereign citizens. Like yeah, that Tim McVeigh lived in. Uh, Elohim City for a while. Okay. It's just a neighborhood, um, and it's it's an established community of okay. like far right wing extremists, wow. uh, and there's tons of those all over the country. And the point that I was getting to is that, like, a, a revelation I had not that long ago is that if you're not born in a hospital and you never register for anything, like you don't have a social security number and the government doesn't know you exist for all intents and purposes. And I wonder how many of those communities are just full of people that like, I wonder what the population of the country is versus what the census says it is. And I wonder how many of those are like crazy white dudes named Jethro. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm super curious about that. Uh, (laughs) Jethro, you are God's descendant. You will go to the white house someday and you will take (laughs) Abraham Lincoln's head right off that statue and throw it into the Atlantic. Oh, God. <laughs> Jebediah, what is this I found in the mail about Ancestry.com? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to this family, Jebediah? Are you, you're going to expose us all. Got your 50 brothers and sisters on peace. <laughs> hey, go back, Mike. We're back. Oh, you're, you're, bu- you're good, buddy. You're good. I was just um, going to bring up that it's uh, interesting to note that all of these gun laws that the NRA helped draft, that by 2011, the official stance of the NRA was that the Gun Control Act was draconian. So they went from in in a matter of like 40 50 years to we need from we need this to this is arcane and I can't believe we're doing it. Jeez. Uh <laughs> which is super interesting to me. Um c- conversely uh an organization the uh the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership compared the Gun Control Act to uh Nazi gun laws. Cuz what you find historically is when like a fascist regime wants to take over a people they find a way to take all the guns away it's um oh just kind of a thing that seems to happen over and over and over and over again um but throughout the um 
the history of this, like it's it's just been interesting to see how they've crafted an entire industry around fighting laws they made. Uh, and to to give you an idea, Cody, do you still have the Mulford Act pulled up there? Yeah. Could you like uh, maybe give a bit of a reading from that there? Like, is there a an excerpt you could pull from there? Yeah, sure. Uh, where where would you like me to read from? Do you, do you want me to tell tell them about the? Just sort of explain like what it was saying sure, sure. in terms of like. So the Mulford Open Act. carry, right? Yeah, it was a California bill repealed the law allowing public carrying of loaded firearms named after the Republican Assemblyman Don Mulford. So it was signed into law by then Governor of California, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, who was very much in support of it. Yeah, the bill was crafted with the goal of disarming members of, this is obvious though, the Black Panther Party. Yeah, specifically. Yeah. Very specifically. And they who were lawfully conducting armed patrols of the Oakland neighborhoods. Yes. And I think that um, a note that I had here, uh, something that I wanted to touch on, and this is something as a non-white person that I, I question frequently, right, is that I think the reaction to seeing the Black Panthers was, well, if we let them arm and we let them plan, they're going to overthrow the government and then things are going to be very bad for us or something along those lines, right? Mm -hmm. And I wonder if, like, white people don't make those sort of preventative measures because that's the assumption, because that's what they did. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if it's not, well, obviously this is going to be a situation of like oppression and, you know, they're going to rape our women and kill our children and enslave us and have us. And I wonder why if the assumption that that's what's going to happen isn't just because that's what they did. I, you know, I mean, it's a golden rule. You're going to whatever you do to people is going to eventually be done to you or something to me how white society has always viewed black solidarity as threatening. Yeah, I've never you know understood what I mean? that. It's, I it's, never understood that. It, like you, you have these like conversations about like black power being like a racial, a racist movement with some white right. people, and the yeah. idea that like black solidarity is racist. And I just I don't understand the logic of you have everything else. So the idea of not having everything is somehow uh, I forget where the quote came from, but that idea that uh, when all you've known is privilege, equality looks like oppression. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember. I, I'm not sure I of the, the source, from, yeah. But um, I, I think it's very illustrative of how people who are used to having everything, the moment you have to share, things aren't fair anymore. But the reality is, things are fair now. <laughs> when it yeah, was just exactly. you, things were not fair. Now they're fair. Uh, you you got to keep the whole stick. Exactly. Yeah. And now you have to share the stick because there are other people here. Yes. Um, so the, uh, the NRA's lobbying arm, uh, which is called the Institute for Legislative Action, which I think is super interesting because you'd never know that was a gun lobbying organization if you just saw that written somewhere. The Institute for Legislative Action. That's a gun lobbying group. It, That's very sneaky. Uh, that angers me. That was established in 75. So they established the... Uh, I want you to look at this timeline now. The fucking 70s, so they, man. Well, not even that, Ian. Like, they established gun control in 68. Yeah, exactly. And then they established a lobbying arm to fight gun control in 75. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so less than 10 years after... Drafting up all of these restrictive gun laws that we still have now, and I don't know how much of a work them even wanting to lobby against gun control is, or if that's just a way to make a whole bunch of fucking money, I don't really know, but 68 to 75, they established a lobbying arm 
to spend money on overturning the gun laws they made. (laughs) And uh, by 1977, their entire platform had shifted to uh, Second Amendment rights and uh, militia interests, and that was sort of picked up heavily by Wayne LaPierre, who I think is still the CEO now, right? I'm pretty Uh, sure. Executive Vice President of the NRA. And it's actually an interesting fact about Wayne, uh, because in 2014, he was called out by, like, H.W. Bush and Rupert Murdoch. Right! He was one of those cats who was on the Sandy Hook denial train. Oh, Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like, those are the kind of people who are running the NRA now, dude. Hey, we can sue those people now. Can we? That was a new thing that just, yeah. Like, Alex Jones could be sued. Oh, yeah, I know he got sued, but wasn't that because he was, like, uh, literally, like... Well, yeah, he said it was advocating for violence against people. I think just just the whole lie that it was a hoax. Did they sue him for slander? Is that what they sued him for? Defamation or something? I'm not sure what the case would be for, but I'm pretty sure it does allow people who are victims of whatever people have done because of his actions. What the fascination was with that specific case, if I can be honest, because there's so much of a coalescing of like right-wing conspiracy theories around how that didn't really happen for some reason and i don't know why it happened at a time that like i was young enough and and, and it spread so fast that like let's just you say remember that, what year that happened i forget what year it happened it but people should be right sued because i still have a weird feeling in my gut that i like like there's just like because i was conditioned for so long to be like maybe that what that didn't happen so that, that actually like, that addresses something that i i would 2012 2012, thank December you. December 14th. That actually addresses that something... That shit did happen. I do... I know it, that yes, shit happened. Yes, it did. Happened. Uh, I know that shit happened. I think that that addresses something that, like, I've mentioned on several... I've name-dropped Alex Jones several times on this show because I'm sort of morbidly fascinated with, like, the American conspiratorial thinking engine uh, and how it's it's been observable that it's just sort of, like pulled at the thread of reality for long enough that like it's it's no like we we have a non-objective approach to what is and isn't real now mm-hmm. and it's it's I, I look at it in things in terms of like 9-11 9-11 conspiracies mm-hmm. like i know completely rational people who have batshit crazy theories about what happened on 9-11 the sandy mm-hmm. hook thing i know people who still aren't sure whether barack obama was born here like it's 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 very interesting how that kind of thinking, and I think you can trace a lot of it back to the birth of the internet and the ability to like disperse those those ideas to a much wider audience. But it becomes so normal after a while that it's just like, oh, you know, maybe that didn't happen. And that reminds me of a story about uh, the dude who is suing Alex, uh, the the father. I can't remember what his name was, but he was. He had, to, he had to move. He no longer lives in that area. That's right, yeah. Uh, and he was in the area, I think, at a gas station on his way to his son's gravesite. And the guy at the gas station said, where are you from? And he said, Sandy Hook. And the guy at the gas station said, oh, did you know that didn't really happen? All the parents made it up. It was a government hoax. Like, that's to, to, to a dude whose kid was there. <laughs> you know, like... It's 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 crazy how those things get to be just normalized, and it's it's getting I think more rapid too. Normalized like, to the point yeah. where I had to unlearn it. 
Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's up. a relatively new one. Like yeah. you said, 2012. That's less than yeah. a decade. That just shows you how fast the spiral of disinformation is. Well, if I if I may, and this is it's not really a bit of a digression because I've covered most of what I needed to say about the NRA, but um, something that you experienced with internet conspiracies that started in like the early 90s. I think it was a cat named Mike Adams who was the first person to do this. He bought domain names, so he had one website, like a main site, and then he'd buy 40 or 50 domain names in addition to that. Right. And then he would link all of those domains back to the main site to make it look like something he manufactured was being referenced hundreds of times. Oh, So, uh, yeah. in other words, if you looked up, say vaccine conspiracies well here's 200 websites who are all saying the same thing and if that many people are saying it it's obviously got validity right that's not terrifying no, at all it's one dude using a network of dummy websites to make it look like he has a heavily peer-reviewed opinion it's perfect catfishing and it's I think literally just yeah what we have now is a lot of people who didn't grow up with that shit and don't know how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. I think that that's where a lot of the conspiratorial thinking that we're dealing with now comes from. Right. Uh, and it's it's interesting to see how like even people like you, who mm -hmm. would consider yourself like an educated, fairly liberal person, mm -hmm. are susceptible to these uh, ridiculous conspiracy theories and then, because they're just commonplace. And I have to stress, it's not even like people who fully believe. I never even fully believed. I just like was like, maybe it's true. Yeah, because you hear it enough. Yeah, yes, but yeah. then that maybe you tell yourself it enough, you're like, well, shit, a part of me does kind of, oh, that's, fuck. That's how the human yeah, mind works. Repetition exactly. makes the reality after a while. It's really sickening. It's truly just horrible what happened to all these people, obviously, but it's crazy that they kind of live in a twilight zone world where everyone is denying anything yeah. happened. And it's it's a real shame whenever you look at, you know, uh, all of the different people of prominence who now are susceptible to parroting, the, parroting these things. Like, this was a yeah. dumbass right-wing internet conspiracy, and the head of the NRA ended up agreeing with it. This It's um, just because this fucking sad, poor kid had Asperger's. This twenty-year-old kid. I really don't know the story behind. That apparently, the shooter had Asperger's and. Oh really? Like major depression. Damn. But. I did not know that. Um, but it's I think interesting to. So for everyone that can hear the little noises and now this disruption, we had little Ruthie the kitty come in and uh, fuck guest you, Ruthie. Yeah, fuck guest appearance on the podcast. Out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just wanted to note in closing that uh, <laughs> while the NRA is super problematic and you probably shouldn't be a member, I, I do think that gun organizations are broadly speaking a good thing. And there are plenty of alternatives. I mean, the Socialist Rifle Association is something that you can definitely get involved in. And we do have some people who may be coming on the pod here in the next few months who are affiliated with uh, the, uh, the SRA. <laughs> Uh, to talk a bit about that, right? Uh, because leftists need guns too. Uh, you know, there's the as much the, as people think they don't use them. Yeah, there's there's the the Negro uh, Weapons Association, uh, which I think the cat who runs that is actually a f is actually a fan of the show, if I'm not mistaken. Well, really? Yeah, Jack. Damn. McGee, I think he's a fan of the show. Well, thanks, Jack. Yeah, if you're out there, shout out. Uh, that's shout another great. I think any organization. There's organizations like John Brown Gun Club. Uh, of course, there's, yeah. Um, 
you know, Google is not your friend, but it is a tool that you can use for things. I know. So, I like um, that tagline. That could be a shirt. Yeah. Google is not your friend, but it is a tool. Yes. Uh, so, you know, if you're interested in, and I do encourage anybody listening to this who is, you know, a person of color, a trans person, a queer person, a woman, anybody of any marginalized stripe, you should be arming yourself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's it's a sad reality, but it is the reality. And there are plenty of organizations that will teach you gun safety, uh, gun rights, gun laws, those kinds of things, proper gun maintenance. And if you know me well enough that you have my phone number, I'll teach you that shit. So feel yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not giving that out, but, you know, some of you know me. Maybe uh, if we get enough people that are interested in this kind of information, we'll start a Discord, and then we can talk to you guys uh, directly. Absolutely. I'd be cool about. I'd be cool with doing a gun class here if I got enough people together who were interested yeah. in that sort of thing. Again, email us. Yeah. Let us know what you're absolutely. thinking. Absolutely. Uh, hit us up at, at the, uh, the fourcorneredroom at gmail.com. Yep, yep. And uh, just, no cap. Uh, you can also hit us up on... Uh, we don't have a Twitter yet, frankly, because... I don't fucking want to do it. I think whenever we have the ability to no, hire someone to do that. Go find us on Instagram, yeah. Do you want to join the team? Do you not want to get paid? Yeah, does do you anybody want to run our Twitter? Tweet yeah. about us for free That's the only for a way while. going to happen is if someone does it. I, yeah, have you guys seen the uh the joke account mayor of Pittsburgh? I Laurel feel was like just I've telling seen me about that memes today. that are screenshots of They that. have just been taking their dang old sweet time taking down Mayor Peduto every day on Twitter. I love that. Under the tag name Mayor of Pittsburgh. And it's really the you most. You know who that is, right? I'm pretty sure I do. We'll talk about it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right on. Laurel yeah. and I were just talking. I'll have about to that. follow that person. Oh, for yeah, sure. Uh, sure. But Very you fun. can't follow us there, but we will be there eventually. Uh, if you're listening to this again, you're probably on Spotify, but if you're not, yeah. you can follow us there. We are on Facebook uh, at the number four cornered room. Yes. Uh, and we can be hit up there. I think we're also on Apple Music and SoundCloud. And if we're not on YouTube, we will be. Yep. I don't. Yeah. YouTube is the last frontier. Yeah. I, we play a lot of music that I don't want. Well, not play well, a lot for of the, music. For the music episodes, sure. I think it's more yeah. just that like YouTube comment sections are a racist cesspool of nonsense. And I don't yeah, really yeah, want yeah. to subject, subject myself to that. Yeah. So YouTube might be the last thing. We might do some live streams, but that's it. But I, uh, Yeah. We'll have some live streams coming at you. You can also hit us up on uh, the, the Venmos and the cash apps and those sorts of things that we yeah. all have. We're, um, we're bringing this to you unfunded. Live as shit. For sure. We're, we're, we're talking about putting some commercials in, but... Uh, but I really don't want to do that. I, I, I want to keep it as wholesome as, as we can, but I also do like money in a I way mean, that I'm, helps me do I'm things. I'm currently uh, relying on the kindness of strangers, so I'm I'm of two minds. Of course. It's it's a weird thing to be like a broke anti-capitalist because like I need food, but I also hate money. Yeah, it's, which brings up a good live. point. It's a weird vibe. Gotta live. Gotta live. I, I want to start a... Uh, fucking community garden over on the other side of oh, town. Oh, that'd be great. Well, I'm going to start talking about. Definitely use yes, that. food sovereignty is another topic. But Butler's a food desert. Here and we go again. Those things to and like then not to tie churches. I, I was going to not promote myself, but if you want to follow me on Instagram at Lame Campbell, like Wayne yes. Campbell of Waynesboro, um, also on uh, Spotify, Ian Compton. Uh, I've just been having a lot of fun. I don't know if I'll keep up with it when life happens. And Your band has a up. new song coming out, don't you? Um, we don't have uh, my buddy Dilly K. Ron Miss has yes. a song coming out Dance that I track. was on. But okay, uh, if you follow me on Spotify or Instagram, I've been posting a lot about what I've been listening to and whatnot. So if you want to keep up with like new track, not even new tracks, but just find new send music. Send money to Ian. He makes a lot of good plays. Don't gotta send yeah. me money. Just like. No, shut up. Take no, the money. No, send money yeah. to Moxie. Send, find, send I mean, send me money, too, yes. honestly. No, just There's... give me a follow-up. You want to, like, find music. 
And that's it. And both these guys are in really good bands. Uh, check them out on Spotify, Appalachian, Doom, Gospel, and Lem, and uh, String Machine. Cody's actually repping the String Machine show. I am right currently now. wearing a tie dye. You know, shout out Ron Mist. Uh, Ron Mist. Floor Have Mercy. Uh, we'll listen to. We're going to be listening to it in like a second, but it should be out whenever this is out. And, yep. and yeah. I can be found on the Spotify's as Moxie O'Brien. I think I have like thirteen hundred playlists on there that you can check out. Never ending. And uh, those will be going behind a paywall here pretty soon. So check yep. them out for free while you can. Exactly. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook as at uh, Moxie O'Brien. And I can be reached everywhere that people can be reached for money for things, the uh, the cash apps, the PayPal's, the the all those things. So uh, holler at your boy, cause I'm poor. Hell yeah! And, and on that note, listening. I think uh, I think we're good here. Yep. I think uh, are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Are you good? Do you feel good about it? I can smoke. Do you feel good about it? I mean, I've been smoking this entire time. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Yeah, thanks everybody.